You're coming in clear. Thank God. With this limited range I got today, it's a miracle we can even get this episode across. For all 20 of you listening, enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Led Zeppelin Part 3. Great episode for you three. today. Can't believe we're diving back into Led Zeppelin we're already. We're doing Greta Van Fleet today, you fuck. <laughs> Might as well be Led Zeppelin Part 3, dude. <laughs> do you want to do that now or later no let's just get into it it's interesting because i remember the first time i heard these guys it was that obviously that first double ep from the fires right and i heard them on the radio and i didn't know the song at all and i remember saying either to myself or somebody else like damn i've, I've never heard the zeppelin song i think it was highway tune oh okay and that okay yeah and i was like there's this sounds a little bit off there's something a little off about this but it's still pretty cool all right and then kind of dug into it a little bit. I was like, oh. Uh, like, at first, I didn't know how to feel about it. It was so, so, like, cloned Zeppelin that I was like, this is odd, but I do like it. <laughs> like, I like Zeppelin. Why wouldn't I like this? It, it's just like if you told AI to make a new Zeppelin song, this is what it would <laughs> pop out. Bro, yeah, it's, it's fascinating because I didn't really listen to Zeppelin. So listening to them with ex- open eyes. Yes, for yeah. the last couple weeks, listening to them a ton. And then now listening to Greta Van Fleet, the, f- the first track off their first album, I was like, oh, Ro- Robert, Robert Plant. Like, <laughs> and they, I didn't know they got some guest vocals here. And then I was like, oh, this, this sounds a lot like Zeppelin. It's uh, it's funny because, um, you know, so this band is make, made up of these Kiska brothers and then Danny Wagner on drums. But Josh Wagner's the vocalist for Greta Van Fleet. And he did an interview with Billboard and they kind of didn't really beat around it. So this question on the Billboard interview, they go, let's get the Zeppelin question out of the way. Clearly, you've listened to Robert Plant, but what you do is not an imitation by any means. How big of an influence was this band? This answer is shocking to me. He was definitely an influence. We all appreciate Zeppelin. Uh, That's the way I can get the most out of my voice. Eventually, it was that sort of thing, though it's not what I was going for. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Shut up. He gives a longer answer, but uh, that little bit right there is, is a wild, like, I, I guess how else do you answer the question? But it's wild that you'll be, like, almost, like, semi-dismissive of it. Right. Yeah. His voice is so similar. The way he throws it up into the higher range, the way he does, like, the low little bit, like, when he gets down into his low range, it kind of, like, pump, like, poppy, bumpy around, like, I don't know how to describe it, but. It is, it is Robert Plant to its core. Oh, 100%. So let me set the stage for where the debate lies, and then we can kind of go off of the – we'll start with the voice. So uh, several of Greta Van Fleet's songs have similarities to Zeppelin songs. Uh, Zeppelin had a lot of material throughout the years. Well, and it's funny, too, because we're making fun of Greta Van Fleet for stealing Zeppelin, but <laughs> and then Zeppelin stole from, like – the people before that 100 percent, 100 percent. so highway tune specifically the uh riff for that is very similar to the rover i went and listened to him this morning actually <laughs> back to back it's i mean it's pretty similar you know what i'm talking oh, about that's wild yeah, yeah and uh in flower power is another one the fade out of the organ at, at the end of the song sounds similar to your time is going to come part of his answer to that question includes a bit between the pastoral lyrics, drums, and your vocals, flower power does actually feel like it could be a Zeppelin 4 outtake. <laughs> That's part of the answer to the question I mentioned earlier. Ex- excuse me if I'm uh, coughing on the side. I had COVID the last couple of days. But, uh, yeah, so that one for sure. And then one of the most 
egregious ones, if if you will. Runaway Blues. It's just this interlude on one of Grand. I think it's their third album. Maybe it's no, it's on uh, the latest album. Star okay, Catcher, it's on yeah. the fourth album. So that's extremely similar to Four Sticks, which is the one. Yes. The, yes. The one four. Bonham played with four drumsticks. Yep. Yep. And then lastly, and I'm sure there's more, but when the curtain falls, it sounds a little bit similar. This one I didn't really agree with. It's there's similarities to Ramble On. Yeah, this is a lot heavier. That song's a lot heavier than Ramble On, especially the solo. It's I don't see the similarity, but I do think that song is very Zeppelin-y. Yeah, so okay, yeah. So let let's start with this, I guess. There's no denying that the songs of Greta Van Fleet sound like they could be Zeppelin songs. Some of them. I would say a good third to a half of them, at least. Right. Not all of them, but a decent amount of them. <laughs> There's also no denying that Josh's voice is, in the way he sings, and the way he carries his voice and his range, it's, like you said, it's Robert Plant to a T. Yeah. I, it, like I said, that quote I read earlier is truly astounding to be semi-dismissive of the fact of how similar you are to Robert Plant. And I guess if organically this is just how you end up after, you know, listening to whatever you listen to as uh, children. And so that's part of this, too, is this Kiska family. Uh, they as children, like they were still a little bit. They're about our age. They're, yeah, they're about our age. a little bit younger, actually. Yeah, I think they're a year younger than me, um, or at least two of them are. Yeah. And so they pretty much grew up listening to like 70s rock and kind of folk music, uh, kind of prog rock, transcendental stuff. Um they never really got into like contemporary shit as kids. And so that's where almost all of their influence comes from on these albums, at least from a sonic standpoint, you know. Um, so that being said, so they listen to bands like Clapton, like Cream, like, um, you know, I, I could probably think of a couple others, not off the top of my head, but they got that kind of vibe to it. And that's, I think the Cream side of things is where you'll hear more of the transcendental stuff. Um, okay. More of that kind of hippy dippy shit. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it's not all Zeppelin plant the theme, but his voice on every song sounds like that. Yeah, and that was that was a well thought out point. My point is much more surface level. Even if he does sound like Robert Plant, I guess I don't get why people get so uh, offended or upset about it because it's like Zeppelin hasn't been making music for 40 years. If this new band comes along and they kind of kick ass and they sound similar, like. Shouldn't you just, if you like it, appreciate it? And if you don't, like, it, throughout time, people are going to sound similar to each other. Maybe as this similar, no. But, like, shouldn't you just kind of appreciate it Well, or let it be? And so on another note, right, like, Jake Kiska is the guitarist. Jake Kiska spent a, a, year. Vast, a vast amount of time imitating and learning about Jimmy Page. Yeah, he said, there was a quote he said he studied him for a year. To the point where he knew how he thought. Okay, so, the, uh, okay, go ahead. Um, and so that's the same thing as what we're talking about with Josh, except Jake imitating Jimmy Page would make him about the 7,000th person to try to imitate Jimmy Page. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> for example, right. So Kiss, when Kiss is forming in the early seventies, um, it's like 1971, 1972, um, Zeppelin has put out Zeppelin one and two, I think at this point. And maybe Zeppelin. No, Zeppelin three would have been out. Zeppelin three in seventy two. It's nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy two. So yeah, yeah, Zeppelin three was out in seventy two, I believe. Yeah, so Zeppelin one through three were out already. They have um, 
they have the singer. They have what's his nuts with the long tongue. Uh, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Thank you. Um, Peter Chris is coming into the fold on drums. They need a guitarist. They need a, like a, a pure guitarist. They put an ad in the paper saying they're looking for a guitarist who plays like Jimmy Page <laughs> in 1972. So, again, kind of what to, to what you're saying to to imitation is kind of what's the saying? Imitation is the sincerest way of flattery. Yeah. Sincerest form of flattery. Yeah, it, that's exactly what this is. And I don't think these guys are trying to copy or rip off Zeppelin at all. But they they sure should appreciate what they did. And if they can even come close to that kind of sound, to that power that they had, then they're happy to do that. Yeah, and I think it's just cool as a fan. Like, if you're a big fan of Zeppelin and you don't have you, you're out of new Zeppelin music for the last forty years, and this comes around, like, again, it's the the some of the lyrics you might you don't have to think they're as good as Zeppelin. You don't have to think the good, the music is as good as Zeppelin, but you can still appreciate it. It's an old head take. It's an old guy take <laughs> to be like, oh, these fucking Zeppelin wannabes coming in here. They can't fucking lip Zeppelin's boots. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it really is like. And uh, we kind of talked about this when we when we covered Zeppelin, like Zeppelin's music is gonna, still going to be people are still going to be listening to it 100 years from when it was originally released. And we're kind of entering that a new time period where it's going to be more and more common to listen to older music, the older that we get in our lives. Yeah. And so we'll talk about it when we get into it. But the first double EP um, from the fires is very much Zeppelin. It's very, very similar. From that point on, they make a, a bit of a turn down the road to where they still have Zeppelin sounding songs, some of them, but there's a lot of other songs that are um, off that beaten path, let's say. Right. And so I think if they had not deliberately chosen to stray a different course, I could understand that take a little bit. But given the fact that their three studio albums are, they're just not Zeppelin albums, I, I appreciate that. And that's where I have the ability to be like, yeah, the Zeppelin stuff's cool. And this other stuff's cool. Yeah. And the point I was trying to make, again, like when you and I are like in our 80s or whatever, like the chances that there's going to be some young guy that like sings like Ed Sheeran. Right. Or some young woman that sings like Beyonce yeah. and, and, and has similar sounding music. Like the chances are only going to go up the the more time passes. For sure. For sure. So. So I don't I, I don't know with it. And I love their music. Yeah. So. I was going to say the music's good. I don't understand the hate. Certainly, I, I just, I just, I don't think it's it's valid. I, like you said, it's just old man yelling at clouds. Yeah, very unwarranted. Yeah. That being said, I've told you a few times. I love, love, love this band, dude. We're four albums in now. The fourth album just came out recently, Starcatcher. This band fucking rocks, dude. And to your Foo Fighters question that you posed when we were at the concert, certainly a top ten rock act for yeah, the day. Yeah, this is another one I think would be debatable with fallout boy in terms of like could they pull more i mean dude they're playing at lca yeah no i'm not saying they can't like they oh, can, they oh can okay, fill okay. the same stadiums for sure the question is just like in terms of pull who pulls more you know yeah no that i, I see what you're saying yeah certainly uh certainly in these neck neck of the woods in michigan i'm sure oh, they'd they probably kill. pull more they kill so these guys are from frankenmuth michigan uh a little kind of I don't want to call it a podunk town, but it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. You've been there? Everybody who's been to Michigan. Everybody who lives in Michigan has been to Frankenmuth. <laughs> uh, you're right. Stupid question. Um, if, I'm I'm not going to bag Frankenmuth. It's definitely cooler when you're a little kid. Oh, I see. I like Frankenmuth. I, it's, I think it's uh, we went as a family like once a year where we did the Zender's chicken dinner. 
We walk down the street. What? Vastly overrated. Vastly <laughs> oh, overrated. you're gonna. This is how you want to start. Yeah, I hate <laughs> that. that chicken is just so mid. <laughs> Dude, I'm not gonna sit here and say the chicken itself is really good. I will say the seasoning they put on the chicken and they sell in these little shakers or whatever. Yeah, the seasoning nice. is delicious. What I will say is the ambiance, the experience of the Zender's chicken dinner is is where it's at. They come out. There's these the some of the servers are 120 years old. They're wearing this uniform from 1930 and they're bringing out 18 different plates of uh bread with all these homemade spreads and jellies and jams and liver and whatever you want it feels like i'm two days away from dying every time i go <laughs> it's it's the experience the food itself is i i will say i will agree it's, it's probably overrated. being 90 years old <laughs> anywho the fun part is Zenders is walking up and down the streets, and then they have, like, taffy, fudge shops. It's just – it's a cool place to walk around. German beer. Well, and it's cool, too, because, like, you know, it's like like I mentioned with the kids stuff, right? I feel like there's a lot of travel baseball tournaments up there. Um, they have that big park. It's either at Zenders or the other one. Um, I forget what the name of it is, but – Yeah, they also have the world's large, or maybe it's the United States' largest Christmas store. Yeah, I think it's the world's largest Christmas store. It's open 363 or 64 days a year. It only closes on Christmas and maybe New Year's or something like that. Um, and that's cool, too, to like see once or twice. <laughs> I would never want to go back. True. I have gotten dragged along every year for the last couple of years with uh, my wife's side of the family. And it, going back every year is quite quite the uh, pilgrimage. They got the fucking Birch Run right around the corner, uh, the outlets, malls. Um, the water park is cool when you're a kid. <laughs> or or in college, or, yeah, drunk. Or, or if you're 18 and hammered, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> we went for a, a fraternity formal there and just caused an absolute scene. <laughs> so we're not welcome back, oh, that was to bad. say the least. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Frankenmuth. Um, so they play a lot in Saginaw, which is a city maybe 30, 40 minutes away. Um, they actually, like, when they tour, they always stop in Saginaw. Yeah. Um, but, like, in their latest tours, they usually hit, like, smaller venues. So, like, they'll play Eastern Michigan. They'll play the Machine Shop in Flint. Uh, shit like that. Uh, but, they, yeah, they're getting big, dude. They headlined a bunch of rock t- uh, festivals over the last few years. Like, they're getting huge. Have you seen them live? Because I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah, I've heard, Alex has seen them live maybe maybe a couple times. Maybe once. Maybe a couple times. Their tickets are expensive as fuck. Yeah, I got my dad some for Father's Day. I think it was Father's Day, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I really do want to go see them live. And to that point... I was doing a little research, and I saw that they toured in 2017 um, as From the Fires is kind of touring. They're touring with the Struts at the same time, who just kicked off their first album, which is also one of my favorite bands. And that would have been sweet. The amount of money I'd pay to see that show. <laughs> the Machine Shop in Flint was the only stop in Michigan I saw, but maybe Saginaw, too. Fucking electric. Um, anyways. Um, so, yeah, these guys, small-town guys, um, kind of grow up in this quiet, thoughtful household, let's call it. Um, not so in tune with pop culture, uh, what's on TV, what's, you know, pop music, stuff like that. Um, and so that's how you end up with this, this first. Well, so first they actually had a they had a four-song EP, which gets expanded into the double EP, From the Fires. Um, and From the Fires, as we've already mentioned, is very... Very Zeppelin-y. There's a couple covers on there, um, but they do it in their own style. Um, just good, hard blues from top to bottom, and I love it. I love it. 
Yeah, no, I really like uh, I really like that project as well. So yeah, just we'll, we'll get into song by song here real quick. Four-time Grammy nominated, one win for best rock album for their debut. Their name actually came from a local resident of Frankenmuth. Gretna Van Fleet. Yeah, so this is an actual person. They didn't talk to her before they did it either. Oh, they really? They just did it. They just did it. Uh, they, the woman said afterwards, um, they, the use of the variation on her name was done with her subsequent blessing. Um, while the band is not her type, she supports the band and thinks they are very talented. <laughs> very much an old woman, nice old woman take there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're a little too loud for me, but they're good kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so From the Fires comes out in 2017 and opens with Safari Song. Yeah, and Safari Song is a great way to kick off this album. It's this loud, bluesy, kind of mid-high tempo, but really high energy, just banger track here. Wildly catchy riff to open, uh, like instantly recognizable. Buzzy, kind of mid-tuned electric guitar, powerful drums, powerful bass. Uh, the vocals go really low in tune to really, really high. Josh screaming his head off, uh, especially in the chorus. He hits these wild yells in the chorus. Awesome way to kick off this album. Yeah, this is a great opener. It's a, a great song about a girl, and they named it Safari Song because the riff had a mix of what they called like jungle music and then blues. Uh, very fitting name and a very cool song. I noted here, and I won't, I won't do this often, but I noted here this sounds like it should be on uh, one of the early Zeppelin albums oh, for I, sure. I, I did this this bit throughout my notes as well. Oh, okay. I, I, I tried it. I did it like maybe like four times. Yeah, so that's probably about what I got. Okay, all right. You said Zeppelin 2? Oh, I said like just early Zeppelin. Oh, early, Zeppelin. early Zeppelin. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, great way to kick off that album. Follows that up with Edge of Darkness. Also, just another hard bluesy track here, kind of mid tempo. Um, this sounds a little bit like what the next three albums are gonna be. It's not quite there. It's not like fully developed, but it's a. It's got a, elements of that like progressive transcendental like rock feel to it. They just can't quite get there, but it's still a really good track. High energy vocals. He, the chorus. He throws his voice on the chorus on this track. Uh, the band really fills up the page here. Solo at the end, very Jimmy Page esque. Just really, really good song here. Lyrically too, it's uh, similar to what a lot of the music is, where it's it's you know talking about war or land or and then it obviously. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, too, uh, part of the reason that they're compared to Zeppelin so often is because a lot of their lyrics are like this, like, again, it's like almost like this mystical. Questy. Yeah, fantasy. yeah, yeah, questy. More more nature motifs. More nat nature motifs for sure, but still in that same vibe for sure. Yeah, and th this song specifically, some of the lyrics, all my brothers we stand for the peace of the land is their meaning. I've got love in my heart for army apart. I'm bleeding. And on the lyrics, Josh said, uh, it's just about the compassion that we feel for one another. You know, I think as a global community, it's a spiritual thing to share all that we have together. Giving love is giving power. And, I mean, these guys, this is kind of like their M.O., right? Yeah, exactly. Another quote from the Billboard interview. Your bio says that you're also influenced by Tchaikovsky, Robert Frost, the poet, yeah. Lord of the Rings, and Apocalypse Now. How so? Josh. It's like building a universe. You need manifestos and vision, and so film and literature do that. Because you're dealing with morals and bringing philosophical questions into play. It's a mind-expansive thing. My father had a book collection. As we got older, 
and we got into it. We were reading Nietzsche and John Paul Sartre and comparing these theories and talking about stuff like that at the dinner table. <laughs> and they're like, mind you, he's doing this interview when he's, what, 18 or 20 or whatever? And Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So they're reading all of this. They're, they're the years reading earlier. high level, high level, like, uh, they're revo- they're reading revo- revolutionary philosophy. Let me put it this way: they're reading what your philosophy teacher wants you to read. <laughs> yeah, wild dude. Yeah, so these guys are a little weird for sure, a little weird. But it's it's a, to the point you made. It's a great way of building a story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the next song is "Flower Power," which we already talked about briefly. Um, but yeah, this song kind of spawned out of. Uh, Jake having a, a random riff on the guitar and then Josh came out and they were just kind of jamming. He started humming and just kind of thinking of the lyrics and everything. So it's kind of kind of cool. Yeah, I like this song, too. Um, in caps, very, very Zeppelin. I don't I don't know exactly where I'd put this. This is maybe the Zeppelin three outtake or something. <laughs> Josh said Zeppelin four, whatever. I very, very Zeppelin. I had also noted that. Um, but it's got a little bit of a, like a hippie vibe to it. That's why I think it's more Zeppelin three than Zeppelin four. But. Um, kind of slower acoustic track, really good energy. Josh going up and down in his level, up and down in his range. Um, it's good. It's a good song. Also, Zeppelin in the fact uh, in the back half of Zeppelin, where they used to just they would just start jamming, and then like some of these songs would come together. Yeah, and yeah. it's cool that they kind of emulate that as well. Hundred percent. So next up is a change is going to come, which is a cover of a Sam Cooke song. Yeah, cover of Sam's Cooke song. And this is less bluesy. This is, I would say, maybe the least Zeppelin track on the album. And obviously, it's cover, so you get it. But um, this gives me, like, soul music vibe almost. It's very soulful. Uh, kind of mid-tempo, good energy. Josh is on center stage here again. There is one track in this entire catalog where I felt like Josh got drowned out, but it's not this one. He takes full center stage here. Um, keyboard is really strong on this track. Backup vocals from the rest of the band kicking in, making making something good out of it. Um, really good track here. Yeah, cool song, cool message about optimism through adversity. Definitely uh, worth checking out. Next up, uh, arguably the most popular song, Highway Tune. Yeah, and I don't think that's justified, but it is what it is, right? Um, especially given it's just it's on their first album, so I get it. But anyhow, um, high tempo, high energy, bluesy track, very Zeppelin four. This could fit right. This could be the ninth song on Zeppelin Four. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, high range on vocals, thick mid tuned guitar. Uh, regardless of what I've said now, really cool song. Yeah. So this was revealed in an interview. This is actually the first song the band had ever written together, which is really cool. The highway is a metaphor for love, and this kind of reminded me of that one Zeppelin song where they use like the auto parts as like sexual innuendos. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking it was, about. I think it was on uh, physical like, graffiti. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so no stopping on the highway, girl, because I want to burn my gas. There's one girl that I know I'm never gonna pass, and yeah, it's just the riff for this was actually written in 2010 too. So another super catchy, instantly recognizable riff too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I really like this song. It's yeah. I think their most streamed song. No, hundred percent. Any listen of of Greta Van Fleet, this will be one of the first few songs. Hundred percent. Uh, so <laughs> the next song, which uh, again, I'm trying not to do this, but this sounds like the title for the song sounds like it'd be a Zeppelin song too. Meet on the ledge. Uh, this this was another cover. This was actually written by Richard Thompson. Yeah, Fairpoint Conventions. Meet on the ledge. Yeah, Richard Thompson, part of Fairpoint Convention. Um, 
I get back my notes here. Folky, kind of trippy feel, mid-tempo, um, mid-eye energy, a lot more nature references here. This is riddled with nature references. The chorus on this song fucking rocks. It's just this, like, cool kind of feel, sing-along feel to it. Um, great energy from Josh on the mic again here. Great job getting into the high and low range. The keyboard, it's not prominent, but it pops in at perfect times to accentuate. And that's actually something they do a lot is the keyboard is used only to, not only, but predominantly to accentuate Josh's vocals. It does a fantastic job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, just is a really cool song, too. Yeah, cool cover. Song about following your dreams. And to your point of nature references, you know, the way is up along the road. The air is growing thin. Too many friends who tried blown off this mountain with the wind. So... Yeah, another another good song and really solid track. Yeah, keep keep the EP going or double EP going. Right, two more to go here. Talk on the street up next. This is an original track. I fucking love this song. Too. Fire, fire. This is just like classic '70s hard rock to me, though. This isn't Zeppelin. This is just classic hard rock. Up tempo, high energy, fun vibe here. Josh kills the vocals again. Same thing I said already, and I'm gonna say it again and again and again. Um. This is the first one where, he, like, he doesn't do it a lot, but when he does it, it's it's noticeable. Josh sounds a little angry. Just a li- there's a mm. bit of there's a bit of fuck it on this mm. on this vibe. Um, other than that, the guitar work here is kind of fucking cool. They like buzz the guitar a little bit. Um, it's really like I said, just classic 60s, 70s guitar feel to it. Powerful drums here. Love this track. And to the point of the anger. Uh, people were saying online that the song is about the exchange of power between generations and like the hope that all generations kind of work together. I didn't see that as much per se in the lyrics, but uh, that would kind of back up why he, he yeah. there's a little bit more anger in his voice. So yeah, and I think he's got he's got a couple different kinds of yells. He's got like uh, those loud, almost like yodely yells, and then he's got these like grovelly, not angry, but you know, pissed off kind of fuck it yells. Yeah. And that's what you're getting here. Yep. And this closes out the double EP with Black Smoke Rising. Probably one of the best. I mean, one of my favorite riffs. This is just outstanding. Yeah, they do. They do a lot of really cool things on this track. But speak of the guitar, I mean, thick chords, kind of mid-tuned. But it's so fucking cool. Really bluesy. Um, drums are powerful again here upbeat but kind of gives you this feel of almost like fucking around camping with friends just hanging out being out in nature um, which is something i feel like they do a lot they talk about doing that as part of the writing process for the next album yeah did they record in uh brana year <laughs> <laughs> one more time <laughs> i'm not even gonna try it the way my voice is today probably lose my vocals entirely um i i guarantee you someone comments to like oh you oh the, they didn't record there's zeppelin recorded there <laughs> Oh, dude, I got a comment on TikTok on one of the Zeppelin posts, and the guy was, it was on the one for uh, Fool in the Rain. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made a comment that it was like, not necessarily what you would expect from Zeppelin, but da 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 And the guy comments back, like, in all caps, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, like, contradictory. This is exactly what I think about when I think of Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what everyone thinks about with Zeppelin, is Fool in the Rain. <laughs> I just kicked, I, I hit him back with a couple of laughing emojis and moved on with my day. <laughs> yeah, going back to uh, Black Smoke Rising, 
Some of the lyrics, and the black smoke rises from the fires we've been told. It's a new age crisis, and we will stand up in the cold, stand up in the cold. And Josh said on the lyrics for this song, uh, they're meant to be a reflection of the lessons of history and that man does not always learn from the lessons of history. And that's a really cool section you just mentioned right there because that line in the black smoke rising, his voice super high. And on the back half of that line, his voice, he like he really waves it down and down and down. But not like straight down, like wobbly down. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And this is a really cool album. Like I mentioned, uh, they're gonna switch it up a little bit. They're they hear they hear the backlash. <laughs> they hear people saying this is Zeppelin 2.0 or Zeppelin knockoffs, whatever. And they're still gonna do it. That's what they do. But they're gonna add in a lot more of that prog rock stuff too. Um, so yeah, this is a really cool one. And as we mentioned already, um, or as a, one of us mentioned. Um, they went down to Chattanooga to write a lot of these songs. So they just go down. They get this cabin in the middle of the woods. Um, they get really, really drunk a few nights and <laughs> just start writing. Um, and it sounds to me like, like I don't, I don't know anything about the, the drug use of this band, but I would be shocked to find out none of them take hallucinogens <laughs> to to inspire their writing. It would truly shock me, <coughs> bro. A hundred percent. Yeah, they, there's no way. There's, there's no way. There's no fucking way. Uh, real quick, how funny would it be if they just released, like, a single as a troll where it was just, like, pure, like, just anything you'd hear, like, on a pop radio station? Like, just a complete, like, pop. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if they, like, released that and, like, yeah, like on, like, you know, the first week of April or something? They're like, yeah, this is our new song or whatever. And <laughs> just to have everyone just be like, this is trash. Like, you guys sold out. Like, this is terrible. And they're like, oh, I thought this is what you wanted from us. Or even better, like cover like a Yardbird song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be funny too. Oh, brother! But uh, yeah, one of the quotes here. They did another um, interview, and it, they're kind of talking about the idea of this album. Uh, and Sam Kiska, the he's kind of the bassist, kind of the like keyboardist. He says th- they had this idea. Um, it kind of dives into roots and beliefs. I think it asks fairly large questions. What are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to our environment? What are we doing to each other? Why must there be hate? Why must there be evil and greed? I think it asks the simple question of why can't we all be one? We're all people. We all look up to the sky, breathing the same air. We come from the same place. And that's very much the vibe of this whole album. Um, there's a few tracks that are a little bit darker, a little bit angrier in that, in that tone. And there's others that are just like, wow, this world is amazing. Being one is amazing. Um, and, and it's a fantastic mix of songs on this track or on this whole album. I, I read that quote. I'm, I'm glad that you saved it because I, I read it. And I was like, this is really good, but it's also really long. Uh, yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> so this album opens with Asia Man, which is a great way to open out the album, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. And this is a little bit more on the positive side of things. Um, mid-tempo, thick and a little bit heavier than usual, just because uh, they kind of open up in this weird slow section. Uh huh. And everything's tuned down a little bit, but then it breaks into a kind of a typical song. Um, power chords, power yell from Josh everywhere. Like a lot of them on this song. Um, the verses have these softer sections. The chorus kicks it up to eleven, and then back and then up. Um, the keyboard helps really create the vibe in this track, though. For me, gives you really this really thoughtful, contemplative vibe. Um, well, the the lyrics are a bit more upbeat and positive. That's more the vibe is the contemplative vibe. Yeah, I thought the vocals really stood out on this track. Some of the lyrics. And as we came into the clear to find ourselves where we are here, who is the wiser to help us steer? We will know when the end is near. 
And then I'd also noted that, so what you had pointed out earlier when they were in, uh, they spent that week in nature, like yeah. to, to get ideas and everything. Uh, when they were in the cabin and they had some acoustic instruments, they started working on this song and they were kind of playing around with that. And then uh, Josh started singing in the cabin with the acoustic instruments going and they decided this would be like the opener for the album. Yeah. And I'll save that thought for later. Um, I, I'm really, I got some thoughts I need to save till the end, but it's a great way to open this album. For sure. And I, I do have one little tidbit in this song. It contains the, li- the line, Wonderlands of Ice and Snow, which is obviously a hat tip to immigrant song Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I think they said something along those lines. Oh, they, they asked him about it. They were like, ah, it's a little bit of a tip of the cap. Josh said, in some ways, it was a bit of a, a, bit of a wink. In some ways, it acts as a middle finger, too. Yeah, and they do something like that on the next album, too, which I'll touch on when we get there. But it's funny. It is funny on what we talked about where, like, the people who bitch about them sounding like Zeppelin, for them to very uh, blatantly do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to add that in. But it's a really, really cool opener for this album. Yeah. The next song is The Cold Wind. Uh, good, solid track. My only note on this was <laughs> Zeppelin. Yep, that's my first note on this track. Super bluesy, super Zeppelin-y. <laughs> Um, but yeah, mid-high tempo, mid-energy, mid-high energy, kind of at least like poppy, co- fun chords mixed in with uh, like deeper licks. Usually it's the other way around in rock songs, I feel like, where it's the heavy chords mixed in with either like these clean, quick licks, especially when you're thinking of Page, right? It's clean, quick licks kind of popped in. This is the other way. I feel like this is mostly fun, poppy chords mixed in with deeper licks, mm, okay. which is kind of interesting to me. Um Josh is doing his best to sound like Robert Plant on this song. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It is just so Robert Planty. Uh, it's it's wild. Yeah, that like I said, my only track. notes were Zeppelin and, and Robert Plant. <laughs> it's still a good track. <laughs> it's a good. It's not the best song on the album by a long shot, but it's a good song. And really, as I was listening through, there might be one song I don't like through their whole catalog, which is wild. I think there's, uh, for me, it's probably like five or less. It's uh, Actually, I, I take that back. There's songs that I might not have saved, but I don't necessarily dislike That's them. That's what I'm saying. There's not a, there's there's maybe one song I don't like. Okay. Yeah, I, I can one. think of maybe one or two. Yeah, not not many. And I'm still debating it because it's on the fourth album, so I, I've only listened twice. Yeah, you got to gotta give it some more. I need a couple more. more listens. So next track is When the Curtain Falls. Kind of, in my opinion, this is a good track, uh, kind of cheesy. Yeah, and Alex has kind of the same opinion. I talked to him a lot this week about Greta. And, okay. Uh, he had kind of the same opinion about it. He had even sent me his top ten songs. And when I didn't see this on there, I kind of was like, oh. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, and this is very much, it's it's Zeppelin-ish. Um, not Zeppelin to the ten, you know, the highest degree, but it's that hard rock kind of bluesy feel to it. Thick chords mixed in with these clean licks, more of what I was talking about, the opposite on the last song. Um, very Jimmy Page-esque on guitar. Very, very Jimmy Page-esque. Mid-high tempo, kind of high energy here. Josh hits some of the most wild yells in the entire catalog on this song, which is a high bar to clear, uh, but he does it. There's a rip-roaring solo at the end of the song. Fucking kicks ass. I love it. It's maybe my favorite solo in their entire catalog. I love this song. Yeah, so I'd save this song because the music's really good. The lyrics, though, for me, it's just cheesy. It's it's a story about a, a young star struggling in the limelight, and when the curtain falls, they go back to like the fake shallowness of Hollywood. Ah, okay. So okay. some of the lyrics: camera, lights, and action. Yeah, the words you know so well. You're in and out of fashion in Hollywood of hell. So I, I guess maybe just 
not relatable for me. Yeah, he does something kind of weird with his voice too. There, where he like, he's like almost a little theatrical with his voice on the verses. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? I don't know quite how to put it. It's not like his normal singing. It's a little bit more like jaunty. Right, right, right. Um, it's interesting, but it's just different. Anyways, uh, I can see where people might not love this song, but on the guitar alone, this is one of my favorite tracks. Yeah. The next track is one of my favorites, Watching Over. Yeah, this is a really cool, interesting track, too. This is more of that hippie prog rock stuff I was talking about. Um, softer, trippy vibe on the cor- or on the verse with these like heavy strong chorus choruses um it's like they got these like clean singing at the beginning of the chorus and then to the point where he's like angry yelling by the end of the chorus and then smooth out of it mm-hmm. um there's cool instrumentals kind of sections throughout i got cream vibes here again like cream clapton vibes here okay um this is one of the other songs about like taking care of the planet yeah so to your point of again him being a little bit angry this the song gave me uh climate change and then I, there's hints of religion, but mo- more focus on the climate change, in my opinion. Uh, some of the lyrics, I wonder when we'll realize this is what we got left, and it's our demise with the water rising and the air so thin, still the children smiling, can we see no sin? Yeah, just it's a call to action. It's a, a realization that, well, I don't, mean, don't want to make political points here. This isn't a politics podcast, but <laughs> it's a an observation of where we're at and him saying, fuck off we gotta do we gotta do something to change right next up is lover comma lever l-e-a-v-e-r yeah it's an interesting track to me um because they do a little bit of like chanting in the chorus um and he, he gets into a little bit more of this as we go through the catalog but uh this got this like thick bluesy chords throughout a little bit more choppy i would say than usual um josh yelling at the mic for almost the entire song uh this chorus does rock yeah like it is choppy but when he hits those notes and i'm not even gonna try right now given my (laughs) state of affairs but when he hits those notes it's bone chilling he kills it kind of mid-high tempo really 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 good deep cut go ahead if you got anything else well yeah i want to skip ahead to the end okay i i was gonna say you forgot to mention the epic guitar solo but i assume that's what you're alluding to now yeah he's got a really cool guitar solo uh, is it on the original? I don't think it's on the original. So no, so maybe on the original. Well, I don't even want to call it the original. But there's a there's a longer version at the end of this album. Lover, Lever, and then they parentheses take her believer. There is a sick guitar solo on that version. Okay, maybe that's what I noted it for. Yeah, and so that version is like six minutes long as opposed to the first one being about three minutes long. And there is a wild solo on that song. The instrumental section for the last like. Two and a half, three minutes is kick ass. It shreds. Yeah, I Abs- love it. Absolutely shreds. I fucking love this. The the second version of the song, Take Her Believer, awesome. Yeah, and s- I'll just do a quick uh, stanza here. She's my heart's desire. She's an angel straight from hell. Draws me to the deep in the darkness way below. It's my heart she'll keep. Cool song. Um, yeah, really, really good deep cut. Yeah. Next up is You're the One. So this is probably one of their most poppy tracks it's also catchy as hell yeah this chorus is so catchy it's sweet sweet singing from kiska and this is the other thing i was talking about where he does that like high pitch like almost yodely yell Mm -hmm. um it's a strummy acoustic ballad just so sweet with it the even the, the like the guitar is sweet he throws in these like 
it's acoustic, like strumming guitar, but he mixes in these electric licks that are just so. I I can't think of a better word than sweet. Um, the keyboard is prominent throughout this song, which again I think sets a tone, but also at points really elevates Josh's voice. Um, kind of a mid slow tempo, which is a little different for them. This is their first. Let's call it a ballad. Yeah, definitely um, a ballad. But again, just a really really cool track, and he. Even on a ballad, he lets out some great yells here, too. Yeah, some of the lyrics. You're the one I want. You're the one I need. Baby, if I was your king, you would be my queen. You're the rock in my roll <laughs> for my soul. You're not You're not picking up on that? I'm doing the yeah, John yeah, Party. Yeah, I was going to say, hold on, that's a John Party song. <laughs> Fuck. No, the lyrics, you're the one I want. You're the one I need. You're the one I had, so come on back to me. But I saw those first two lines, and I was like, oh, I think I can slip in some John Party here. You almost got me. I heard it. I was like, no way. See if, see if Joe catches on <laughs> <laughs> you didn't let me stew long enough <laughs> i know i was i was uh, uh it was good though about to i was cracking myself up it's when i <laughs> my poker face is not there uh next up is the new day the new day kind of another acoustic track mid-high tempo mid-high energy um breaks in a little electric guitar later on kind of simple uh nicey solo at the end um he does a really good Josh does a great job on the mic here, but he doesn't do so much yelling. This is him more in his like mid to mid high level. He doesn't really yell. Yeah. And he never gets below a mid level. Let's just say that there's never there's no songs where he gets below a mid level. Um, he doesn't like and, and that's a great way of like keeping it in tune with the music, I'll say, because there's a lot of songs where he overpowers the music, which yeah. is fine. They do a great job of it. But this just does a really good job of keeping in like even in level with the music because the music's a little bit softer here. Yeah, the lyrically for me, it I noted that the lyrics sound fake deep is what I'll call it. Some yeah. of the lyrics: love isn't greed; it's a need that goes unspoken. Love doesn't leave when you fade away. Pain isn't vain if it make means your heart's been broken. Pain is the same as it means to heal. I don't mean to be a hater. It's just uh, no. This sounds like it's like a maybe a poem, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of. Uh I don't know how to put it, but I, I get what you're saying for sure. It's a little bit cheesy. Yeah, still still a decent song, though. Yeah, for sure. No problem with it. Uh, the next song was probably my least favorite off the album. Oh, I'm getting, getting the evil eyes here. <sighs> Mountain of the Sun. You didn't like this song. I fucking love this song. Yeah? Love it, love it, love it. Tell me about it. Mid-tempo, kind of upbeat, solid hard rock track. Uh Great yells and a yodeling from Josh here. The solo on this track just it like does a great job of echoing the the beat of the song throughout and like adding on to it a little bit. Um, really cool like stripped section at the end where it's just the drums and Josh singing and then he rips one at the end of that like strip section. Um, breaks into this final chorus. Great job bringing it up and down in terms of energy. Like we talked about this with Foo Fighters and we brought it up a million times. But they do a great job bringing you up, down, up, mm. down, like uh, that square wave uh, vibe to it. This song is a full roller coaster. Maybe my favorite deep cut. I love mm. it. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't dislike it. I just, uh, compared to the rest of the sound yeah. of the album, I guess it totally I, I, I wasn't wasn't for me, I guess. Got but it. Uh, I do like the next song, Brave New World. Uh, the name, obviously, coming from the book from Aldous Huxley. Aldous Huxley. Yeah. Yeah, and this is maybe the one that I would say. So we're we're gonna flip flop here because this is the only one I put down. It's oh, okay. Okay, that's yeah, funny. So this is probably my least favorite on this album. Um, Mid tempo, kind of progressive vibe to it. 
chunky deliberate chords with like heavy licks mixed in heavy drums josh angry again here the chorus is maybe not my favorite here just something off about it yeah so i mean the song takes inspiration from brave new world uh that's why they titled it right take take one look at your skies and in the darkness realize kill fear the power of lies for we will not be hypnotized right and that's kind of the vibe of the whole book is the whole book is about these people who take drugs to like make them just happy and complacent soma soma and uh, (laughs) i wanted to try some soma after reading that book (laughs) i want to sit down and like eat some soma and like listen to this album (laughs) yeah yeah definitely (laughs) oh Uh, i you know what's funny i just read that book a couple months ago so it was it was interesting i like i there was a point in the book where like i put it down for a couple weeks i was like what is this and then like when i finished it i was like oh that was actually really good yeah it's got a a good twist at the ending it's not it's a good book i'm not gonna dog it in terms of like uh uh dystopian future books not my top three or four it's got nothing on 1984 no it it 1984 puts it to shame slaughterhouse five well that's not nearly the same thing but like i think of a couple others that are just I, i like a lot better um but it's still a good book yeah um they got this like buzzy obfuscated solo at the end of it Again, very 60s, 70s, like hard rock, um, glam rock kind of thing, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Next up is... This is actually the last al- or last song on the album here. Sorry, what was that? This next song is the last song on the album. Oh, yes. So, Anthem. So, the lyrics for this song are actually based on a poem that Josh wrote. And Jake told... Uh, M Live that the song embodies what the album meant to us. It's very topical and current, making the observation that the world is only what the world is made of, which was part of the quote that you had read earlier. Right. And uh, yeah, it just kind of dives into roots and beliefs. It's a cool way to close this album too. Like, I feel like you've gone through the gamut of emotions listening through this whole album, and this is a like solid, just kind of easy way out of it. This it's a strummy, like acoustic kind of ballad. Lower energy, um, but like mid energy on the vocals again. He doesn't get below that. They take out the drum kit and replace them with hand drums here. Mm. Again, you hear those hollow, like thick hand drums. Okay. Um, this gives me like you've already mentioned it, but it's got like unity and harmony written all over yeah. the song. Just the world is one. Yeah. Be, be a part of the world. And Josh is doing this like softer singing, and some of the lyrics that go along with that. And every glow in the twilight knows that the world is only what the world is made of. Just you and me can agree to disagree that the world is only what the world is made of. Yeah, it's a really nice track and a really nice way to end this album. Yeah, well well thought out. The the track placement, the opener, the closer, well thought out. 100%. They didn't. This is a vast improvement on the first one even. This album, oh, in terms of song structure and placement yeah, and everything? Yeah, I think the double EP... It's good, but it doesn't really have a cohesive vibe to it. It's right, just, right. They're just songs on a track list. This album, top to bottom, is uh, really well thought out, top to bottom. Yeah, agreed. And then the last track, or not last track, but uh, the bonus, we'd already kind of talked about it, the lover, leaver, and then now in parentheses, taker, believer, like you had already mentioned. Uh, they add that epic guitar solo, an extra two minutes, two and a half minutes of instrumental work, uh, really good stuff. Yeah, good track. I prefer that to the original. Likewise. And that will take us all the way to 2021, where they release 
their second studio album, uh, third project, The Battle at Garden's Gate. Yeah, and I think this is, uh, it's a bit more of the prog rock than it is the Zeppelin rock. You'll still get that bluesy stuff in here, um, but it's definitely more hippy-dippy kind of shit on this album, and I love it still. I love this album, too. It kicks off with a with a kind of hippie progressive song. Like, so Heat Above, we'll talk about it in a minute, but, like, Violin is one of the prominent sections of Heat Above. Yeah. Wild for a rock track. Um, but this album is just, this is the one I really want to sit down and get really, really baked and really just <laughs> feel everything. Yeah. No, I think uh, certainly if you're going to do that, any of these albums or projects would work. This is the one, though. For me. For sure. Yeah. yeah 100%. I don't I don't think there's a necessarily a wrong answer for this for I Greta mean, Van Fleet. Even the song titles are trippy, right? Broken Bells, Stardust Chords, Caravel, Trip the Light <laughs> Fantastic, The Weight of Dreams. Dude. Oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save it for when we get to that song. Yeah, yeah. Hallucinogenic as fuck. A hundred percent. Twenty twenty one. Uh the battle at Gardens Gate. So we kick off with Heat Above. As I already mentioned, uh it's got these transcendental vibes to it. Violin t- instead of guitar for most of the song. There's a little bit of guitar kind of towards the middle end. Um, but violin and keyboard are prominent here. Mid-tempo, high energy, Josh killing it again on the mic with the yells and everything, really. Uh, this is a great tone setter for the album and one of their best tracks. Agreed. And some of the lyrics he goes, Can you feel my love rising with the heat above? Life's the story of ascending to the stars as one. And when asked on how this track specifically fits into the album, Josh said, each track has a theme of different cultures and civilizations inside of this world searching for some kind of salvation or enlightenment. Uh, And though the record starts with this song, its narrative concludes with its story of humans finding paradise. Yeah, and this album feels like it really leans on, like, fantasy elements um, and, like, a kind of generic uh, religious aspect to it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Some some reference to a higher power, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, some of their songs like they don't outright come and and say that, but you kind of get that vibe. Yeah, and I think there's a couple others that are a little bit more deliberate with it. Um, there's one on the next album that I'm thinking of in particular. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, there's this is more of that generic, oh, just kind of just uh, hit yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, it, it's a really cool vibe for this album. Oh, also, too, so these guys are – oh, never mind. I was going to say did, they grew up Christian, right? Yeah, these guys are Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was confusing. I'm sorry. We're doing the fray next week, and all four of those guys are Christian, too. So I was like, wait a minute. Is it all four of these guys <laughs> or all four of those guys? Well, crossover. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the second track on the album is My Way, Comma, Soon, which is a good – Good, solid track on finding your path in life. Yeah, and so this is a departure from the first song. Um, and really kind of an, a standout to me on this album, just as bluesy as it is. Uh, loud and brash, kind of up-tempo blues track, mid-tuned. This is the one song that I feel like Josh gets a little drowned out by the music. Okay. It just sounds like his his mic wasn't loud enough or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I can see that. Th- I didn't, you know, it's funny. I didn't save any of the lyrics for this song, so that could be part of the reason. Yeah. It's just, it, he just sounds a little bit, like, drowned out. But this riff, the riff on this track is fucking awesome. Um, there's, like, this weird screechy kind of echoey guitar at the very beginning, and then you'll hear it popped in in a couple spots along the track, which is kind of cool because 
because they do it at the at the top of the track. It opens with the guitar mm. just like screeching like it's I don't know. Um, and then you'll hear it between verses or at the end of choruses. Um, it's a cool little add on. The drumming here is complicated, really interesting, really well matched. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool track for me. Yeah, definitely musically really, really cool. The next track is Broken Bells, which is different, but good. Yeah, this is a slower prog, prog, rock, prog rock track. Uh, kind of clapton to me a little bit. Um, lower tune, softer instrument. But Josh, like, <laughs> this is the opposite of what I mentioned earlier where he matched up well. The instruments are very low, and Josh is very high on this track. Right. Screaming his brains out. Um, not screaming, yelling. Um doing it like he's just killing it here there's a cool like kind of muffled guitar or obfuscated guitar solo at the end um in that bluesy vibe to it it's just this is a really nice track too yeah so this is a song about perseverance and hope in the face of struggle um the chorus speaks to sense of resiliency implying that even the broken bells of life will not still ring true Mm -hmm. and the chorus is when out of silence we will sing and even broken bells will ring. Not all the answers are the same, but yet we still play the game. Yeah, yeah, really. Which is a song. cool, cool little line there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just keeps S- going. Especially, uh, <laughs> we don't have to. We don't have to get sidetracked in this. But we just finished watching The Wire. Have you? I've heard it's great. Don't know oh, anything about I, it. Anyway, throughout The Wire, they're, uh, they always talk about playing the game, and yeah, so it's just funny. Gotcha, but gotcha. All time show. So I've heard. Next track is built by nations. Zeppelin 2, question mark? <laughs> I didn't have that noted, but yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes sense. Uh, it's kind of this like mid-high tempo, uh, or mid-tempo high energy track. Uh, Josh killing it in the chorus here. His chorus is phenomenal on this track. Um, the guitar is very much just like generic 70s hard rock. Um, little, like, he does this like good thing with the chords that are just, like I mentioned, the 70s hard rock. And then at the end of these sections, he'll kick in little licks that just give you, like, these thought-provoking vibes. Um, Little bits here and there. Again, the drums are killing it. He has drums and chimes on this track. The chimes help, too. The chimes really do a good job of setting a tone for this track when they do head into those a little bit softer sections of the song. Um, Again, really nice solo at the end of this track. Really like this song. Yeah, so the main guitar riff for this song came out of a jam session they had in a live performance of Lover, Lever, Taker, Believer, um, which is pretty pretty cool. Damn, that's crazy. So you're just playing one song and kind of like going, you know, jamming together and then yeah, like come, up, sick. Yeah. Yeah, come up with a, a killer riff. That's wild. And uh, my only other note, which <coughs> is in a track-by-track interview, the band said this song is about, you know, when boys go to war. Um. And it is kind of evident in some of the lyrics as well, where it's, you know, they reference uh, battlegrounds, warriors, right, et cetera, right. et cetera. Good track. For sure. Follows that up with Age of Machine. So on the last album, we had Age of Man. Now we have Age of Machine. Age of Man was an up-tempo, or not up-tempo, but like upbeat kind of track. Good feels. This is not. Not at all. Just uh, another prog rock track simple kind of slow guitar and josh just kind of wailing in the background um gives you this like doomy gloomy vibe right off the bat yeah um eventually it breaks into these like power chords with um josh 
kind of being echoed in the back, like the band is singing behind him, which creates this like real powerful effect to it. Um, Mid slow tempo though, and like I said, this whole this whole song is just kind of it's intended to make you feel like something's wrong. Yeah, so it's a seven minute song. There is really cool uh, guitar solo, but yeah, yep. some some of the lyrics. Perfect child, plugged in since the womb, prophet of the dune. In this electric tomb, man is made an omnipresent force, heading on a course for interstellar shores. Definitely meant to make you think. Yeah, it's a it's a commentary on the way the world is and how it's affecting the the children of today and tomorrow. You know, um, uh, that's a bit of an old head take, um, but it <laughs> is what it is. It's just how they are. Uh. Unless you got anything else. I, I do like that song, though. It's a good track. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Tears of Rain after that. Another trippy. I didn't mention this <laughs> earlier, but another trippy title. Um, yeah. Slow acoustic track. The music's pretty simple, but Josh is in this, like, high level again, screaming, yelling. Uh, he kills this song, but the keyboard, this is the, this is the masterpiece of keyboard supporting Josh. It's fantastic. Um cool high energy finish uh to this track after like being so soft and like simple throughout this is a really really good track yeah some of the lyrics drifting through the plains before us as it turns to dust before our eyes pleading for a god to pour us just a little bit of rain from an empty sky so i don't know if perhaps that's another global warming reference but yeah it could be for sure cool cool track nonetheless the next song is Stardust Chords, which, like you mentioned earlier, it's another like trippy song title. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool like. Pl- I don't I don't know what it is. It just it sounds fun. Um, that being said, I don't think this song's awesome. It's good, not awesome. Uh, kind of chunky mid tempo chords. Um, Josh is like mid high level on the verses, and then full upper range on the on the chorus. Um, transcendental. Like, I didn't have a ton of notes on this song. It just didn't, like, super stand out. No, I, I didn't have a no- ton of notes either. I, I, I mean, mus- musically, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I grabbed one line of lyrics, but even that is it was just all right. I don't know. It just kind of, like, <laughs> there's, what, 14 tracks on this album. It just kind of fell in the, in the middle somewhere, you know? Right. The next song is Light My Love. And this is one of the hits off this album. This song fucking rocks. Um <laughs> It's this, like, cool mid-tempo, like, sweet palette again. Um, piano takes center stage here. Soft, sweet verses. And then he rips into this, like, high-energy yodeling, yelling on the chorus here. Um, strings. There's, like, violin mixed in with bits of guitar. Um, he does, like, again, we mentioned it earlier, but there's another one where everything stops towards the end of the, tr- the track right before he hits a chorus. And then he like yells with nothing behind him. He just starts yelling, and the chorus hits, and it's a fantastic energy pump, fantastic energy pump. Um, I I love this is my favorite ballad by them. Yeah, this is a good one, and yeah, the phrase "light my love" is obviously uh, you know if you're going through some dark times and you're just asking someone else to kind of help pick you up and and bring that light into your life. Standout track for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The next track is Caravel. Uh, has a fire guitar riff on here. Yeah, super catchy. Fire on this track. 
Yeah, I did note historically because I w- I wasn't sure what a caravel was, but I guess it's uh, a ship that allowed Europeans to, you know, travel back and forth to to Africa. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, bluesy song, piercing guitar. Which what I mean by that is like clear and loud. Um, mid high tempo, mid high level on the vocals. The guitar work goes crazy on this song, as we mentioned. Hard licks into this like soft kind of poppy inviting um sound on the guitar and then back and forth between those two drums are powerful again here really really good track yeah i i liked it like like i said i liked the guitar a lot lyrically it was just all right for me i didn't really have anything to note on that yeah i feel that the next track the barbarians has another fire riff on here <laughs> yeah another i mean dude they just kill it here uh powerful mid-eye tempo high energy prominent keyboard but like tuned like an organ here um <laughs> which is a really cool effect they do on this song. Transcendental feel to it. Guitar rips on this song. Josh killing it on the mic again. Really good track. Yeah. Another song about, how, you know, how war, essentially how about how war is bad, especially uh, for, for the use. Yeah. Uh, are we prisoners or renegades? Well, I've done my time. That line right there, he kills it. Yeah. Oh, my God. He rips on that lyric. <laughs> Behold visions of burning skies. Alas, Babylon. Yeah, another kind of reference to not even Babylon's not uh, fantastical, but it's a fantasy feel to it. Right. Yeah. Cool track follows that up with Trip the Light Fantastic. Mid-tempo kind of like the band does a great job of filling up the room with this song. <clears throat> there's uh-huh. so there's so much like sound going into this track. Kind of uh, good energy prog rock song. I want to say it's easy feel, like easy going, but it's not because it's just so full, dude. But like, it's easy going in the sense that like it's just a fun listen. Yeah, like an easy fun listen. Um, keyboard, it, it's not so much like the the notes as it is just like floating through the song. It's always like present over the top of everything. Um, they do a great job with the backup singers again, like building the vibe on this track. Love it. Yeah, a very spiritual track. Uh, so Josh said he came up with the lyrics one night when he was watching an ice cube rise and fall in his drink at Hollywood Sunset's Marquis Hotel. He said the movements of the ice made him think of a, one of his favorite philosophers, Alan Watts, who described human existence as a kind of ebb and flow. That's what I saw in the ice cube. Again, going back to your question of, man, I really hope I really want to know what hallucinogenics these guys might be on. But that is the, the highest thought I've heard so far today. <laughs> Just staring at the ice cube going back and forth. It's yeah. kind of like life, honestly, if you think about it, guys. Right. Look at this ice cube. And some of the lyrics, you are the land, the sea and the sky, the explanation why we're tied to all things is one, rhythm of space, expansion of soul, a force beyond control, travelers in time searching for the unknown. You just cannot convince me they're not doing drugs. You will never convince me that. They don't <laughs> talk about it, but you just never convince me. I mean, no, absolutely not. I mean, and like... Same with, like, Zeppelin. Like, you know, th- those guys had to have been on, on some kind of grass or yeah, psychedelic. Yeah, but I think that, was, that was a little bit more well-known, I think. Right, right, These right. These guys, when you read about them, they don't really talk about it. Every time every time they talk about, like, getting a little fucked up, it's always like, ah, oh, we're drinking wine. We're hanging out, going to dinner, you know? Yeah. Like, they're pretty <laughs> – they're an odd bunch as rockers go. Uh, but, yeah, they never really talk about drug use. Always just alcohol. And maybe that's something to do with growing up in a small town, probably a little bit more of a conservative family. Not conservative politically, but more conservative. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, values-wise. Um, 
and not wanting people to have that opinion of them. But anyways. Yeah. No, I mean, some of the some of the lyrics and music like. It's I'll I'll say it this way. It's it's very impressive that you can achieve some of that without the use of. Yeah. If they're not wild. Yeah. Imagine if they <laughs> imagine That's if they imagine if they weren't and then they like and then they did. That's just oh, my God. <laughs> You unintelligible would come out if they were like if, if they're if they're doing this sober or like drunk and yeah, the things that would happen like they actually might just solve all the world's problems if they did a little bit of LSD. If he takes the mushrooms, he might actually have the voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's when the Yardbirds cover comes out. <laughs> but uh, speaking of, of heavy, heavy things, the. Next track on this album is The Weight of Dreams. Yeah, and this is the culmination of trippy, transcendental prog rock. Nine minutes to close out this track and opens with a little nod to Zeppelin. You want to hit that lyric? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the uh, is it All Across the West? Yeah, that opening lyric. Okay. All, pull it up, but go ahead. all Across the West, we traveled wayward for... To find the weight of dreams and gold, heaven sent us here to meet the hallowed shore to claim the wealth that we had sold. That, that, a little nod to Stairway to Heaven. Mmm, mmm. I didn't catch. I actually didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not necessarily obvious to me either. But I read something about it, and the more I thought about it, I I realized right there in that last line, heaven sent us here uh, to meet the hallowed shore to claim the wealth that we had sold. Uh, you know, the, the first line in Stairway to Heaven is the woman who had sold her way or bought her way into into heaven. Right. Um, and then kind of the commentary on that throughout. No, you're right, because that song, I mean, that's one of the, you know, uh, meanings of the song, depending on which way you interpret the lyrics. And this song has lyrics referencing, like, the California gold rush, just, like, materialism in, in, in general. So that is that is cool. I didn't really pick up on that. Yeah, it's cool. Anyways, nine minute mid tempo, little bit lower energy, but again, it's got that trippy vibe. It's gonna be a little bit lower energy. Uh, the drums are poppy loud here. Um, the guitar kind of like goes up and down in tempo, but it's clean throughout. Um, you hear the keyboard kind of hovering around again through. Strings kind of come in later on to this song, which is a good addition. Um, and then about four minutes in, they're done with their lyrics. Josh lets out a couple of yells into this five-minute instrumental section. He's got some really cool solos in this instrumental. Um, it's a really, really cool way to close out this album too. When you name a song, the weight of, and then what you know, whatever the la like the last part is, you cannot miss. Like when the Black Keys did the weight of love, like you see that song title, and I believe I don't know where it is on the album. It's turned blue, but when you see that song title, you're like, oh. And it's eight minutes or nine minutes. You're like, oh, you know you're in for a wild ride. It's funny you bring them up. I was reading about it because in that Billboard interview, too, they asked them, they're like, you know, you guys didn't really, like, listen to any of the music the kids around you were listening to. Like, are there any kind of modern bands you guys like? And Black Keys was one of, like, three or four bands that he brought up, which is a cool ad. But yeah, the Black Keys kick ass. In that note, I, I don't know almost anything about the Black Keys. I know the hits, and that's about it. And maybe not even all of them. Oh, really? I probably know five Black Keys songs. I probably got like, I don't know how many albums they have, but I probably have like five or six albums worth of saved stuff. They got some good stuff. Yeah, I'm very excited to get to that when we get there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that wraps up the battle at Garden's Gate. Like I said, I think this is a really cool album too. A um, little bit more of that hippy dippy stuff if you like it. Um, still some bl good blues in here. 
um, and just a great listen cover to cover. Absolutely. So their most recent project, Starcatcher, came out in 2023. It was what, last month? July? Yeah, it came out last month, maybe okay. three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, so... Now, let me say this. They got some really cool album artwork. Uh, not Well, okay, so From the Fires is just like a campfire look. It's whatever. <laughs> the album covers for the next two, or the last two albums, are both these wildly, like... Well, no, sorry. Ballot Gardens Gate's pretty simple, too. I'm thinking more Anthem of the Peaceful Army has this absurdly wild cover of this, like, fantasy world with two suns and and this wild landscape. This album cover fucking blows. It is a white album cover with what looks to be, like, a bit of a ripply curtain, like a white curtain. There's no, like, display or anything on this album cover. It just says Starcatcher across the front in, like, in faded white font. Yeah, very bland. It reminded me of the Foo Fighters' most recent album, but that's a tribute album, so I won't, I won't grade that. Not gonna the same. dog him, right? Not gonna dog him, right? But yeah, Alex went. He bought this album on vinyl. I was like, don't get me wrong. Like the the music's one thing, but like if I'm gonna buy vinyl, I'm buying something with some sick artwork. Yeah, and this ain't it, Chief. Very but bland. That being said, this album came out. I was very very pumped up. I three albums in or three projects in. Very, very, like, happy with what they did. So I guess I'll, I'll say the bar was high. They didn't quite cl- like clear what my bar was, but this is still a very good album. Yeah, I enjoyed the album. I don't think it was my favorite album of theirs. Like, it's not a classic. No. Yeah. It's but no it's Anthem of the Peaceful Army. It's still solid, though. It's still solid, no doubt. And that's exactly what I said to Alex. So let's get into it. Uh, they open with Fate of the Fateful. And I do actually think this is Fate of the Faithful. Sorry. It's a good opener for this this album. It's a, just a good song. Not a great song, just a good song. You know? I like it. Um, this is very much like typical of the last two albums, though, in terms of sound here. Mid-high, or mid-tempo, high energy. Um, nice back and forth of like heavy chords and clean high notes. Josh gives great energy on the mic here again but there's just something not quite there in terms of when i think of like songs like this on the last two albums it reminds me a little bit more from the fires uh it's good it's just good yeah i'm i might be off base in this but for me a lot of the lyrics on this album are very similar to some of the lyrics in the previous couple albums and it just feels like it's yeah maybe th- maybe they're just kind of staying safe for, for this yeah, album. A little conservative, yeah. Yeah, 100%. But th- all that said, I mean, this song specifically explores the consequences of blind faith. Uh, some of the lyrics, we fought for the fable, but instead we burn, and in the end of time, left and empty. Yeah. So So that uh, that's Fate of the Faithful. Follows that up with Waited All Your Life. Here's another <sighs> nice track, we'll say. Acoustic chords kind of throughout. Uh, Josh on the vocals again, killing it. He goes through his whole fucking range on this song. Mid-tempo, mid-energy on the instruments. Uh, the instrumentals kind of, like, fill up as it goes along. It starts out fairly simple and then, like, fills up and fills up. Like, keyboard comes in kind of, like, halfway through the album or through the ep- through the song. Um, and then it gets a little bit trippy, like, as it gets to the last part of the song. Uh, it's a good track. Good. Yeah, good. Not not uh, Nothing stand out for me. It was just a... A solid track. Yeah, and I think <laughs> – uh, let me <laughs> go ahead and keep going, but 
uh, Alex got to this al- this album before I did, and he sent me a funny uh, <laughs> okay, review. Okay. So, yeah. So the next track is "The Falling Sky," which is one of my favorites off the album. I really like this track. Yeah. So I'll say the next five, six, seven. Fuck. The rest of this album rocks. The first two tracks leave me a little hanging. The rest of this album rocks. I, I actually I really like the first track. I, the second one, yeah. Uh, the Falling Sky is a good song, maybe about struggle. I'm not quite sure. I read the lyrics a couple times. I've been handed a quite demanding and hardly standing lie to tell. Life is sorted and never thwarted. It's just supporting by being well. What, say the Do the rhyme again. I've been handed a quite demanding and hardly standing lie to tell. Life is sorted and never thwarted. It's yeah, okay. just supported by being well. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a cool track. This is where they really get It's so much better than the first two, in my opinion. That being said, this is another very Zeppelin-y song. It feels very, I don't know what album. I didn't write it down, but it's just very Zeppelin-y. Bluesy, up-tempo, high energy. You get chas- like chanting and yelling on this track. Um, harmonica kicks in later. Like, it, how, are, how are you going to say we're not, we're not a Zeppelin-like band? And then to fucking throw in harmonica on this song. You can't throw in harmonica? No, but if you're going to be like, no, oh, plant, like whatever. And then you're 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 Josh, and you're gonna hit the harmonica. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. You know what'd be funny is if they just released like a whole cover album of Zeppelin songs. Well, that's 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 the whole thing about the Artbirds, is right? Is like if you do the Zeppelin, it, like the joke is almost too obvious. But if you do the Artbirds cover, there'll be some people who are like, oh, "This sounds like Zeppelin too." Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, but or they throw in a couple of plants, like solo projects. Yeah, something like that. Right. Um, really nice chorus here. This chorus fucking rocks. This is a really, really cool track. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> six tracks in, Alex sent me this. First impression. First two tracks are honestly a little boring. Boring's not the right word, but I get it. I get what he's trying to say. Cannot say the ne- they're the same for the next four, which are great. Uh, first track may grow on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like it. Anyways, uh, so they follow up The Following Sky with Sacred the Thread. And this is a really, really cool song, too. Mid-tempo, kind of, like, sweeter track. And it, like, it gives you this powerful or, like, spiritual dreaming vibe. Um, and my voice is going as we go longer and longer. Yeah, you're I'm good. so we're, sorry. We're on the last album. It's all good. <clears throat> mid to, like, mid-high level on the vocals here. Uh, instruments stay in this, like, mid-level. Love the vibe of this track. Really cool song. So this is about I, I didn't rec- I didn't write down if it was Jake or Josh, but it's about one of their jumpsuits. They said, I always like to think that some of the people's first impressions of Greta Van Fleet in concert is wow, these guys really like dressing to the left and blowing shit up. This song is particularly important to me because it's about my jumpsuits. All right. Which I <laughs> thought was kind of odd. Yeah, it's strange. And actually now that you bring that up, it's interesting. So when they toured for From the Fires, they were a pretty typical-looking rock band. Like, they didn't wear anything crazy or nothing like that. They're in between that and uh, Anthem of the Peaceful Army, and they go and do something for, like, Elton John's Music Academy. And Elton John mentions to them at this Music Academy, hey, fellas, you got to get a little bit more eccentric with it. you got to give the people a little something. You don't have to. You can dress however you want. Okay, it's fucking Elton John, okay? What the fuck is he going to say? <laughs> John is one of the yeah, most yeah. eccentric performers in music. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, 
That being said, from that point on, they dress very eccentrically. I think that's why some people don't like them, too. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely out there for sure, but, like... Not that it's right, but... They're fucking rock stars. They dress weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're if you're rocking... That, dude, the guy from Bring Me the Horizon, like, that guy probably dresses like a clown. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, who's more... I mean, he's more rap than rock, but he dresses like... I mean, yeah. Go back as far as you want. Robert Plant dressed weird. Queen dressed weird. Van Halen dressed weird. Like, your favorite hair metal bands dressed like women. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is just something that rock stars have done since the beginning of rock. Yeah. It is. I also don't, just don't get, like, if you like, well, if you like the music, then you don't care. But if you don't, like, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, it's all. It's a very, like. It's 2023. It's a very tangential point to be like, oh, they dress weird. I don't like. Right. The fuck does that have to do with anything? Right. Anyways. Uh, so the next track is Runaway Blues, with which this is the one I mentioned. This is a one of the more obvious uh, similarities to Zeppelin. This sounds a lot like Four Sticks. Yeah, it does. It's like this minute. I think it's a minute 17 only. That's quick. Uh, but it's just like really, really up tempo, fast, bluesy uh, rock song. Love this guitar work here. A lot of yelling from Josh on the mic. They're they're moving fast, all of them, including Josh, singing fast. Very, very Zeppelin, as you mentioned. Uh, really cool song. Yeah. The next song is the Indigo Streak, which I had no idea what this song is about. I don't either. Um, this is another one with a very like transcendental vibe to it the 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 title's trippy this the lyrics are trippy it just is what it is kind of bluesy though uh mid-high tempo high energy instruments with josh kind of like uh mid-energy on the verses and then really high on the choruses um about two-thirds of the way through the track they get this like slow trippy instrumental um and then they kick in like this buzzy guitar and keyboard um softer drums throughout it's just a good track for me yeah yeah, same here. There's there's aspects of religion in the lyrics, but again, I I really have no idea what it was, what the <laughs> the message they were trying it's to convey. Tough to distill. Yeah, the next song is "Frozen Light." Yeah, so this is like mid tempo, high energy vocals here, uh, heavy notes, wavy keyboard, kind of hovering around the whole time. Um, up tempo, clean solo towards the end. It just feels like there they, there's just not quite something here. There's something just a little off. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, so for me on this song, I was curious if this this was an ode to Frankenmuth, perhaps? Question mm-hmm. mark? I could see that for sure. That makes sense. Some, I mean, some of the lyrics, frozen light like falling snow, here to guide us the long way home. The streets are silent. The moonlight is dancing. Four brothers searching for a meal. I mean, there's four of them in the band. Obviously, three of them are brothers, but I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, I can totally see that for sure. Um, like I said, the... I don't know. There's just a weird confluence of not weird. It's a good track. Don't get me wrong, but just something doesn't match up here musically with the vocals. It's just not my favorite track on the album. I still think it's better than like Waited All Your Life. It's probably bottom three, though. I know. I I get what you're saying. It's not as memorable when you're looking back at the track list. Yeah, for sure. The next song kind of falls in the the same boat for me. I love that. I like the song a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Archer. Yeah, I don't know. I for some reason I just this was one of the ones. It was it was decent, but I just not a lot of replay value for me personally. Right. So this is kind of like a strummy acoustic track. Um, 
thick, powerful kind of mid-tuned guitar, though. Uh, like, it's it's a strummy acoustic, but the guitar is still thick. Uh, prominent drums. You get, like, battle vibes from this song. Ready to go to war. Um, Josh is, like, kind of, like, yelling, chanting a little bit more again this song. And his voice, I don't know quite how else to say it, except it feels like his mic is, like, way off in the distance compared to the rest of it. Like, it's got this, like, hollow kind of echoey sound to it, I guess, is... Um, the best way of describing it, but I really like this song. Yeah, I agree with the the battle vibes for sure. The next song, this one you had alluded to, to being yes, very the, very religious. Meeting the, the master. Yeah, the um, distinct um, reference to a, a higher power. Meeting the master. This is a like cool, trippy, slower acoustic track. Soft, sweet swing it singing throughout. Um, Really nice full vocal range here. Keyboard hovering like throughout the song, uh, but you don't really hear any drums on this track. This is just simple acoustic. Um, he, <laughs> he Josh never really gets out of like a mid high range on this song, even in the chorus. But it, it's good for this track. It matches the energy well. Um, I do. I this is maybe my favorite track on this album. I do like it, and the band did say sung in the voice of a devout believer. The song details the love of these that these followers have for their teacher and their firm belief in his vision. So, yeah, meeting the really master cool. obviously a uh, you know metaphor for for meeting God or you know whoever you right. believe in. Yeah, and then uh, they close out this album with "Farewell for Now." Yeah, kind of this acoustic, kind of quick, plucky licks mixed in with fun mid-tune chords, uh, mid-high energy on the mic. Uh, a lot of that choral kind of background singing matching up with Josh. Mid-tempo. Energy kind of picks up at the end of the song uh, a little bit and, like, fills it up. This is a nice w- – another great closer to this album. I mean, th- yeah, the song literally just sounds like they're telling you, like, they're closing out the album. Yep, this is closing <laughs> time. This is – say what else? This is closing time. My second album, Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, and I wish we could all stay, but I bid you a farewell. And it means the world to play, but I bid you a farewell. Yeah. it's. A, I mean, the lyrics are whatever. It's still just a nice track. Yeah. Yeah. No, sure. I, yeah, definitely. A, it would be weird if it were anywhere else on the album. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine throwing that in on, like, track six. Another just troll. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that wraps up Starcatcher. Um, good album, not great. Yeah, so do you want to do, I guess we always do albums first. All right, do you want to go for album rankings? Sure, let's do album rankings. And I don't think we'll have, I mean, obviously there can't be too much change, but. Or just uh, you wait. (laughs) 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 Uh, Four to one. I'm going to start with From the Fires at four. Uh, And it's not a knock on the album. I like all these albums. It's just, it is where it is. Uh, Three, we're going to have Starcatcher. I've pretty well captured that whole vibe for the last 20 minutes. Battle at Gardens Gate at two, and then Anthem of, Anthem of the Peaceful Army at one. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> you are such a piece of shit. I'm going to go Starcatcher at four. Not that it, uh, it's a bad album by any means. Same thing I said. I just don't think it's as memorable. And then I'm going to go Anthem of the Peaceful Army, which I think you'll probably disagree with. But... I really like From the Fires and The Battle at Gardens Gate, which is my next two. Like, I, I, I save more songs off them. I have more in, like, my top ten. They're more memorable. Even though From the Fires is just a double EP, I just 
even if it sounds like Zeppelin, I don't care. I like it. I wholeheartedly disagree, but that's your opinion, and it is what it is. Yeah, I, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> they're all good albums, though. It's uh, yeah. It's not. Know. It's not we're, like we're, we're, It's not like there's one that like sucks. That's like, that's the thing. We're, we're nitpicking. It's not like point. there's like a bleach or hunting party. <laughs> exactly. Oh, don't don't keep doing the bleach take, man. We're gonna get eviscerated on social media, bro. No. <laughs> I'll do that take for as long as this podcast goes. That album's trash. We're gonna have I hate Courtney Love 420 <laughs> just roasting us. <laughs> Socials. You want to do top ten? Yeah, let's do top ten songs. Uh, so at ten, off the from the fires, we got talk on the street, and it pains me to put it there, but they have so many fucking good songs. It's this was a tough one for me. Nine, meeting the master. Eight, lover, leaver, taker, believer. Seven, you're the one. Six, built by nations. Five, age of man. Four, highway tune. Three, black smoke rising. Two, light my love, and one, heat above. Okay, we got quite a few similar. Uh, from 10 to 1 for me, I've got Heat Above, Safari Song. Oh, I threw this in here. We didn't even talk about it. They did a cover of Rolling in the Deep. That was fire. Yeah, I didn't listen, but I read about it. Okay, so I had the Rolling in the Deep cover, The Falling Sky, Watching Over, Age of Man, Talk on the Street, The Weight of Dreams, Highway Tune, and then Black Smoke Rising was my favorite. Yeah, I'm not gonna dig you for any of those, honestly. Yeah, it's like I said, I could, I could write this again next week, and I would be, I would probably have other songs in here and a uh, whole different it, ranking. It's hard when an album just comes out a couple of weeks ago and you only have a couple listens, single digit listens under the belt, and yeah, it's just like yeah. I, you know, it, and it's just time. Like you need time to add that perspective. Yeah, that, <laughs> there's a lot of albums I find myself listening to two months, three months later. I'm like, all right, like my opinion changes a little bit. Yeah, I've even had some where, like, I revisited, like, I, there's one or two I revisited, like, a year later. And I was like, oh, okay. Better than I remember. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, and that leaves us with concert set lists, and then we'll close up for the day. Yeah, so I'll, I can start off. If Go ahead, because I need a little bit more time to explain what I'm doing. It's very much off the beaten course for me. Okay, so for the opener, I have Safari Song. Yeah, I love it. Uh, that's the opener off the double EP. He has a scream at the beginning of the song. It's a which great is way to open. A great way to just get it, get the people going. And then for the three-song encore, I have Black Smoke Rising, Heat Above, and then Highway Tune to close out. I, I have a lot of hits in here, but, I mean, I think, I think it's the way to go. Yeah, I think I left highway tune out because i thought that might close the set and that's totally fair yeah yeah but it's still it's a kick-ass encore for sure for mine i imagine a little bit more of a theatrical production for the whole show i imagine this this idea that they're going to come in and, and set this dark gloom tune um where you know the world's in chaos the world's in disarray nature is burning um and something needs to be done about it and they open with this kind of somber sound. They're opening with Age of Machine. <coughs> Age of Machine. Um, it's an odd opener, but in terms of theatrics, I think it makes sense because we're going to go through this whole set list and build up the vibe, bring the unity, bring the harmony throughout, and by the end, we're going to open the encore with Age of Man. Really brings it full circle around. It's cool that they had those kind of like in comparison on two different albums. Yeah. True. It's a cool way, like, with the video production and everything, too, I think this is just a really cool idea of doing it um, and bringing that high energy. Like, 
you start them low and just rise and rise and rise and rise and rise. Safari song, second song on the encore. Love it. Love it. And then this is the only closer, uh, debatably, but Farewell for Now should close out every show from now till the end of time. <laughs> okay. That's, I, that, uh, that's fair. It's That's the only reason they put that song on the album. It's probably the most obvious pick, yeah. The only reason they put that song on the album was to close out concerts. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It took me... Every bit of, of manpower I had, not to say that as we were talking about it, mm. but that's why else would you put that song on there if not to close out concerts? Yeah, I mean, that'd be, be kind of dumb. Seemingly would make no sense. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that's what I got today. Um, good. Anyway, a very, very enjoyable lesson this week. Yeah, this uh, the podcast too. I think went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. I don't know why I I didn't think it was. Yeah, gonna... you texted me earlier in the week, a little bit worried, and I've I've been there too. I've texted you, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sometimes you just when you're taking notes on the songs, you're just like, ah, I don't know, I don't know how this is gonna play. But I think it went really well. Good yeah, stories, I do too. Good context, good out or good up. Yeah, it was. It's, fu- it's funny having the uh, Zeppelin comparison too. It's just yeah, it was good, good comic it was, relief. It was a good choice to do zeppelin and then Greta. yeah definitely even though I, when i was listening to it i know i texted you i was like oh they, <laughs> thanks for giving me another couple weeks of zeppelin but um yeah so that was Greta Van fleet next week we got the fray quick quick listening if if you're following along and then after that i think we're gonna are we doing do we know what we're doing or well i'll leave it up to you do you want to do the the smorgasbord sampling platter yeah or do you want to do uss Oh, I mean, USS has like three albums, I think. I'll enjoy. Oh, I'll let you pick then. I, I'll enjoy doing either of those. Um, I think the sampling plan will be fun, but I don't care if we do it. Yeah, we can do it whenever, and we can keep doing it. Yeah, we can do it a million times. It's like the the um, you know, the random well, episode. Well, l- let's do that then, because more than likely we'll have to record the fray on that Monday when we get back. Yeah, that's fine. Let's just do the sampling platter. Okay, cool. So the idea for the sampling platter is basically we're gonna pick six artists that we may not ever do a full episode on. And just sample their top five songs. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe um, we'll have to agree. Maybe we'll do like top seven. Yeah, we'll have to you know sit down and talk it out. But yeah, we're gonna pick five to seven songs from six different artists. Uh, that should give us a pretty full episode and just talk through it. Give stories from the different artists. Um, you know, these artists might be we might never cover them because we just w- probably wouldn't enjoy it, or we might never cover them because they have twenty five, thirty projects. Yeah, I mean, I had texted you too, like some of the names. I actually went on Spotify's like streaming metrics, and I looked. I was just scrolling through pages of people that have a lot of streams, and I was like, never heard of this person. Uh, a lot of some of them rappers, genres that I don't listen to as much. Uh, not that I don't listen to rap, I listen to rap, right? But, but I you know I know what you're saying. Yeah, so I think that'll be fun. So like like in my head, right? Like you mentioned those guys. This might be a good episode to do the Elvis. Elvis <laughs> has so many projects, but you get you get what I'm saying, right? Right, right, right. Uh, something like a, yeah, you you brought up like Lizzo. No, no, I said Ice Spice. Ice Spice, my bad. Yeah, Ice Spice. Yeah, no, uh, disavow. Are we? Yeah, <laughs> disavow. Yeah. Uh, are we gonna do an episode on Ice Spice? No, no. not a chance. <laughs> but would it be fun to do five songs from Ice Spice to see yes. what it's about? Sure. Get fuck it. So, <laughs> I'm very up, I'm very excited for that. Uh, that'll be a fun sidetrack episode for us but uh and then from there we'll figure it out yeah yeah sounds good all right guys follow us on socials tiktok instagram twitter youtube at flip the record uh like subscribe uh comment review on apple and spotify thanks for listening catch you on the next one